people still f- think burlesque is odd. I just showed my neighbors at a party. I said, oh, my friends do this. Here's the, we went to the show, and, and Gene had a film of the guy who was doing the twirling the lights. He was dressed like a cop. I yeah. I remember. And they're like, I could tell they're like, oh, you go to you go see strippers? They get naked? I'm like, no, no. It's, it's burlesque. <laughs> they should have seen the movie we just watched. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's get started. All right. Let's get started with, uh, has anybody got a joke? So I can open the shop. Can I start with yes. a story? With a story? But how long is right, it? Because yeah. we want to get to the song. Let's just well, get to the song. I think we had some good stories. Let's get to the song. All right, good. Play the song. I got no jokes. Play the song. It's Seti Binko, part two. The Revenge. This time, it's personal. And it's very embarrassing. Hey. It's the SETI, it's SETI BIMCO, part two, The Revenge, where we, where we daydream about sequels to bad movies that were never made. And before oh, we do yeah. this story that George wants to tell, we pick a wild card question out of a jar All right. to find out what will happen, which character from this movie is most likely to... Oh my God. Number one. Ooh, what is it, Most likely to make millions. Hmm. Who from this movie is most likely to make it? Oh, wow. Uh. (laughs) Not off of this movie. Uh, We do? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And remember, living well is the best revenge. We're just having fun with revenge I've already used that one. Yeah. All right, I want to tell Tell, my story. Tell your story, George. What happened to you, George? All right. So as you all know, I'm a big fancy pants. New York author, Times right? best-selling author. And uh, exactly, <laughs> about maybe an hour ago, I just got back from Virginia. I had been speak invited to speak at the uh, University of Richmond. Uh, it was very nice. Uh, the speech went well. I actually got to hang out with my cousin Matt, the same Matt who uh, once contemplated, who sent us the fan mail mm-hmm. text. I remember. Once contemplated killing himself, or I listened to any of Tim's jokes. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Um, does he want my signature? And uh, <laughs> no, he does not. And uh, I'm speaking for him, Matt, but no, it's not. And uh, so on the on the ride down, I actually decided to take the train. Getting a little sick of airports. Oh, I got a comment. You you, so, yeah, you tell your too. story. I got a comment to make about the train. But anyway, go ahead, George. I won't interrupt you. <laughs> so University of Richmond's a bit south of DC, and apparently stuff does bog down after you get past DC because you're not on Amtrak lines. So it's pretty long rides. I was like, I maybe bit off more than I could chew, but it was nice because I got to relax. The way down, I was, I, because I, I'm a fancy, I was in business Ooh. class, so I had like this yeah. luxurious spot. I was like, you know, chilling out, reading, playing video games and stuff, having a good time. And it was empty. I didn't have anybody sit next to me. There was really nobody near me. So I'm like, okay. I was pretty busy the whole time I was in Virginia. I'm going to watch on the way back. I'm going to watch this movie that Tim chose, The Monster of Camp Sunshine, <laughs> or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Nature. Yes. And um, this is a, uh, as Tim calls, I don't know if this is actually a term or just a Tim term. This is a nudie cutie. This is rife with gratuitous term. nudity. Yep. Yeah. And on the way back, it was a very bad <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm sitting here on this train with on my iPad because it's the easiest thing to stash. I'm watching 
fucking the monster of Camp Sunshine. And like there's bits where nothing's really happening. And then all of a sudden there's like a half hour straight of just women slowly undressing and frolicking. And I'm like, oh. And I'm that guy in public. That middle-aged guy wearing a mask, watching the whole black and white naked (laughs) film on the train. Like I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if I wasn't wearing a mask, I would have been arrested because people would have put an APPF for me. And it got so embarrassing, I didn't finish watching on the train. I raced home. Oh no! From Manhattan, got here, and I finished watching the last half of the movie about maybe twenty seconds ago. Again, again, again. But, (laughs) but visual prompt. Check this fucking out. I, I on the first. Hour of this film, first 45 minutes, really, because it's only an hour and a half. I have fucking full five pages of notes. Wow. I have another page of notes of the end bit, because at the end, really, nothing much happens except for the most insane shit I've ever seen. I know. Um, like, I, visual prompt, I thought maybe you drew some boobs. <laughs> if anybody does watch this movie, The Monster of Camp Sunshine, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Nature, please, I beg you, I'm warning you. I implore you, do not do hallucinogens before you watch this movie. <laughs> that's your, that's your helpful you tip of the week. Okay. Thank goodness it's not in color. If this was in color, I, I mean, it did, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. black and white. The nudist camp that much of this action takes place at looked dingy. There was a lot of scenes of it, fully naked people laying in just like dirt. It was I'm like, a, yeah. come on. It was not, a back, show, yeah. not showing I'm their right. faces. Yeah, and going to great lengths not to show their right. genitalia. Right. Wait, it was somebody's backyard, Tim? Pardon me? It was somebody's backyard? Yes, I read that somewhere on the internet. I Okay, here's another thing I wanted to bring up. There's no Wikipedia no, for this I movie, know. and that's a there fucking shame. Of me. I, was, I was amazed, too. There's nothing about this movie. There's, there's no, Nobody in this very movie little. ever did anything again. Well, I read they did under pseudonyms. Oh, probably, yeah. Mm. Everybody here is a pseudonym, so I was. I wonder... If I was more, you know, conversant in actors of sixty-four. Wait a, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. You mean the you mean We're the act about Ron? You, you, you mean the actress <laughs> yeah. who played Marta, Sally Parfait? That was not her real name, <laughs> and she only used the word Sally Parfait because cherry cheesecake was already taken by a porn star. Oh, I mean. The the main character, her name was Deborah Spray. I'm like, yeah, that's that dirty, is just dude. wrong, right? That's just that's just dirty. And one of the guys' name was like Hugo Pebbles or something. Harrison Pebbles, know, was that like a Hugo, rock yes. joke? Harrison Pebbles, yeah. Although I did, I did just want to make a comment, and I have to agree with George about the train, about the train. because I lived in Raleigh for all those years, <laughs> and I would sometimes take the train mm. up to New York. And then go back. And the Acela line between New York and D.C. is like, like Japanese bullet train, French TGV yeah, train. Boom. And it's like you're like in Philly in like, what, two, <laughs> two and a half hours. And then you're, and you're like, this is great. This is great. And then they switch to the diesel locomotive in D.C. Good and Lord. suddenly it's like. Welcome to the Confederate States of America. And it takes so long. It takes basically the same amount of time almost. I'm I'm not really exaggerating here. It takes almost the same amount of time to get from New York to D.C. as it does to get from D.C. to Richmond. Yeah, I'm going to one up you. It took actually longer on the way down. And uh, it's because we got stuck behind a freight train. 
because Amtrak doesn't own those. So like uh, just a fucking freight train was in front of us. So we were they told moving. You that? Yeah, they were just like, we're sorry. We're behind the freight train. We were an hour yeah. late. Like it was and it was already going to be it was already pretty. Yeah, like like John's saying, like D.C. to New York. Yeah. It's like a three hour yeah. ride. And so I was like, yeah, I'll take the train. It's not a big deal. I'm like, I don't look too closely. Yeah, it's a six hour ride. That end up taking seven. Were you late for your the school? The whole time parents? I'm trying to. Hmm? No, no, I I, uh, I was down there for uh, a few nights. So oh, I just I, got down there late the first night. Then I had my school appearance, my, my fancy talk. Then I uh, hung out with my cousin, got drunk. Um, was very hungover earlier today. Had to pee, let's say ninety, 90 times. Um, not eighty nine, not ninety one, but well, ninety. <laughs> No, 90, did you, 90. Did you like Last night, I think marks? I got up and peed every 20 minutes. <laughs> it was like, like prison. Look yeah, at the guy like looking at the black and white breasts, and he's going off to the bathroom 90 times. What's going on with this guy? <laughs> really? Wait, can I actually tell you a, th- a true thing that happened? So there was a brief moment they didn't have anything next to me, so I'm like, I'm going to watch as much as movie as I can. But I did have to pee. So I get up, I hit pause, I take off my headphones, I put my iPad down. I come back. It had started playing without me, so it was like broadcasting like black and white boobs to people. Oh I'm like, my oh, god! Oh, that's that's not good. You had your mask on, yeah. so you're not on Twitter. So this movie that I chose, I think we'll get to it. Yes, it's called. Yeah, yeah, Tim, you take the, the uh, you take the charge. I'm just going to introduce it. Then you're going to, yeah, I'll introduce it. The monster of Camp Sunshine. It was reportedly made by New York hipsters who made it as a joke. And they really wanted, you know, they want to make a crazy monster movie and hang out with uh, naked women. That's what I found online. Yeah, I don't I know where I this. found that, but I found it somewhere because there was no Wikipedia mm. page. Oh, IBDM. It had like little facts. That was about it. Oh, I didn't get that far. Oh. Into I... You mean, you mean IDB, IMDB, right? I am, I, 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 IMDB? Internet movie yeah. database. Internet movie yeah. database. <laughs> yeah. I am BDM. Wait, when you say I am BM, yeah. like you're like, I am having a B. I am having DB a BM. Um, <laughs> but if I can say, because I don't want it to appear like <laughs> I'm ganging up on Tim, poor misguided Tim, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, <laughs> because you said they did it as kind of a joke. And last mm-hmm. week I made the comment with howling three, the marsupials, that it was a bad movie, but they knew they were making a bad movie, and I think it was the same case right. here. They were in, they were in um, on the yeah, joke. I think so. And I like the um, the subtitle or how I learned to stop worrying and love nature, because that was right. almost the subtitle of Doctor Strange Love. It's Doctor Strange Love or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Now, yeah, that's yeah. the. You know, they changed one word in the subtitle. Both movies came out in 64. Both movies are in black and white. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the similarities on these movies. A brief, a brief synopsis of this movie is that Claire and Marta are roommates in New York City. And for some reason, they're bored. They live in New York City and they decide to go off. Well, one roommate, we'll get to it, but they go to a nudist camp. Well, there's the line, even waking up in New York City is an adventure. Yeah. And, and she says... Wait, where is it? My adventure that came to closest us losing our lives right. as a hound dog comes to a treed coon. That's right. I'm like, I, I had to stop right there. Like, what the fuck does that mean? That word <laughs> salad. Um, 
I have they, a question before we go any further really well, quickly. Yeah. So I actually did kind of like this movie. Like I have that rule, like 60 stuff sucks. And like this, right. I'm like, eh, this actually somewhat worked. And was this meant to be in the future? I, because I, I, the so. reason I ask because there's the weird bit in the beginning when she's when Claire, who is our main character. She does a narration. She's saying like how my roommate March and I were matched up by an IBM machine. Cause that was the, and then they were, sorry, go ahead. Well, so there was like a computerized matching up of roommates and then they're like they had like this weird smoking yeah, apparatus, right. and like I'm like and I'm like I can't decide if this is like really weird early '60s retro shit I've never seen before, or if this is meant to be some sort of high tech. Like they had no, like a weird ashtray on like a string they were passing back and forth to each other, but it was like a yeah. like ash. The IBM bubbles. computer came on the scene. Yeah, about they were punch card. They were punch cards. So they would feed hmm. the big IBM computer, Just, which like took up the entire room. They probably had course they had punch cards for each client, and they would feed them into the computer and match them up that way. You didn't watch Mad Men, George? Wait, what? You didn't watch Mad Men? I, I've never. Uh, the whole episode never, of Mad I've Men. Never oh, seen you never saw either. Well, they bring an IBM computer in and like we're going to help marketing with this, and they're all like, Ugh. No, so I guess it really Terrible. was just a big thing. Yeah, I'm just wondering, thing. just because those things, I was like, is this like a really poor approximation of what the future might be? No, <laughs> just a poor approximation of what the present <laughs> is. <laughs> Our cast goes to a summer camp and gets uh, terrorized by a mutated gardener. That's basically basically the plot. That's all there is to the plot. I want to say this is like the first slasher film. <laughs> He's like a proto-Jason Voorhees or something. He's proto, um, oh, who's the guy from New Jersey? Uh, Jason Voorhees, <laughs> Chris Christie, the mutated guy with the mop. Oh, Toxic Avenger! Oh, Toxic Avenger! Yes. You're right, he is actually. And it's <laughs> this movie's, and he is played by Ron Chaney Jr. So believe me, oh, I, I, I went, noticed that I went through the internet looking, and and there's Lon Chaney, who's the grandchild, but they're not the same person. No. Like I kept well, no, I'm it's confused. A, it's a pseudonym. I, I like the idea. I'm confused. I thought well, Hugo, Hugo was the slower half-brother who became the monster. That was Harrison Peebles mm-hmm. or Pebbles. Oh, yeah. really? I thought he was listed as Lon Chaney no, Jr. No, Ron Chaney Jr. is Ken, who I think is the photographer. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. He was good. He That guy was a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, yeah, he was related to the 20th century's fourth biggest villain, Dick Cheney. Not, 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 not the Lon Cheney that uh, played werewolf. Oh, can you rank the rest of the villains, Tim? Sure. Number one is Hitler. Yeah. Number two, okay. Osmond family. Number three, Mel Gibson. Number four, Dick Cheney. There you go. All right, where do you come 20th in? 20th century. You're the villain. You're the villain of our thread. <laughs> Tim. Tim Hamilton. <laughs> so, yeah. This was nice photography of New York in 1964. Nicely filmed. I actually, that was fucking yeah. cool as shit. Yeah. The idea that this was made a secret by like just dudes in New York who probably just had some like cool friends who like to take their clothes off. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. But it like as a, a like seeing all this 1960s like footage, like yeah, it's awesome. It's also clean. I, uh, it, it was kind of clean. It looks it looks cool as fuck. 
Um, I saw a lot of like kind of like the daily stuff that you never get to see because like nobody puts it in the like, film. Like, like people, like those weird ashtrays. What's well, the future? Who knows? Garbage workers. That's what we watch. And they did. And they did not yeah, recycle. Like the cl- no so recycling. Right. No, they did not. No recycling. It's all going in now, there. You saw like you saw like human babies being thrown oh, in the geez. trash. Like, like, well, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, we see like a close up of a garbage truck. Like, kinda, it was Wade, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> controversial Ooh. opinions on SETI Bimco. I just saw those new newspapers with JFK's assassination. They were thrown away a year later. They thought they were going to say, I don't them. think that was in there. There was a Beatles reference, which is always my, like, I will say these people looked surprisingly hip for someone like i always think like in the 60s like early 60s everybody looks like fucking android losers i hate them the beatles come on the scene it gets a little bit better but this is 64 the beatles they're just on the scene right but they already have a beatles meet dracula joke in this thing there came on yeah it was like january 64 like they hit yeah oh okay so they're they've had but still this is a you can already see the transformation being wrought. Like there's these groovy chicks and these mm-hmm. fucking square dudes with weird yeah. tan lines. <laughs> what? <laughs> My God. So I guess the style of men's bathing suits back no, then. No, was no, no, no. We're going to get to those underwear. I got to get to those underwear. No, I got to get to those underwear. No, I got to get to it now. Before I forget. George, let's, <laughs> these men, let's work into Let's no, work our way down see, to the- These men's butts look enormous <laughs> because of these tan lines. God damn it. Pull your pants down a little bit, you fucking lunatics. There, there's Peters? so many shots of pasty white butts that look like they have like, look like they are swollen. Yes. Because they're just like they, – their butt starts at the middle of the back. <laughs> I, it's, it's unacceptable. I took screenshots of these tidy whities uh, listeners yeah, and they're going to be on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah, they are. Go follow us on SETI underscore I don't do, I, I don't do so. I don't do social media. This is all – so she's so that yeah they're waking up they're they're uh, the one the one girl for some reason plays this this moody music on the record player that was kind that of that part was funny kind of a joke because I thought is yeah. that the movie music like the background well you music? are they're playing ominous music yeah. as she's talking about this adventure almost caught them in their life and then the one girl goes to the other can you take that music off yeah. it's freaking me out and she stops right. and it was like the whole time as a record player I'm like. Oh, this is good movie. Yeah. This is a good movie. Because she had watched The Monster from the Hairy Planet yeah. the night before. And, she, was, she was still upset. And yeah, instead of using that music when they should have, we'll get into that later, too. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of the music choices were... So, yeah, so our main character is a model. Claire. Uh, and her best friend... Claire Claire Conway is a model. And her best friend, Marta, is a nurse slash assistant. May I ask assistant. a question? Yes, John. I'll raise my hand. I'll raise my hand. Yeah, and ask yeah, questions. Was I, the, was I, am I the only one who thought that Claire was at least bisexual? She was kind of leering a little bit at Marta and maybe kind of even Susanna, her friend at the nudist camp, who was her ex roommate. I'm just, I don't know. I, I got a vibe. Just got a vibe. That's all. For the, I think you're right. And I think actually, I think it was Marta, though, who's meant to be the originator because, of course, we learned that she's the nudist. She recruits the other right. women into their life to of her nudism. Web. So I think it was more like her being. To her web of. Web of naked naked lesbianism. John, That's John, not is, John, is, John is foreshadowing his sequel, I think. Actually, no, I'm not. Yeah, while, so, while, while, while Claire is out, Marta, <laughs> is Marta the one? She finds Claire's nudie magazines in her drawer. She's going through No, Claire finds, Claire finds Marta's nudie magazines. Claire finds Marta's. Yeah. All right. Claire finds Marta's. 
nudie magazines and joints and LSD. Doesn't find those things at all. Okay, she finds she finds her uh, JFK assassination magazine with all the close-ups. No, nope. this is a Pruder film. She's like, "What's wrong nope. with this lady?" No, nope. come on, you guys are bad at yes anding. You're bad at you're, you're, you're bad, bad at you're bad at everything. <laughs> so uh, Claire is the nurse, right? No, Mars is the Mar- nurse. Claire is the Claire is the fashion photographer. Fashion Claire model. is the model who works model. at this film. And is- I'm going to interrupt quickly because Claire, we learn, works for fifty dollars mm-hmm. an hour. Ooh. Doing fashion, she's a regular job. Yeah, I did the I did the uh, ratio thing. I entered. Guess how much she gets fucking paid an hour? Two thousand dollars. Well, I not gonna be able to, no, no that's, that's too much, Jim. Four hundred eighty dollars and twenty five wow. cents, though. Mm. So why the hell does this woman have a room and sleep in bunk beds? Yeah, it's New York. Oh, you yeah, they slept in a fucking bunk bed. That was no, weird because they lowered their ashtray up and down. That's gonna that's yeah. gonna fall. That's gonna be ashes There's everywhere. Gonna be ashes everywhere. Start a fire. <laughs> This this film is, is also narrated like one of those films you'd see like an instructional film. Yeah, it film. is. Like Claire and Marta, they live in the city. Claire works in a hospital. Yeah. She deals with sick people. Well, they, they have title yeah, that cards. That was kind of like, like nineteen like twenties. That, that, that was shocking cool. when that I happened. Like that. that was yeah. a nice touch. And Claire's like, you have to be used to being naked all the time if you want to be a model. And leered at by me. No. She says, but then Marta, she's also you're, you're not because they are mixing up Claire thing. and Marta again. Damn yeah. I'm wresting control from you again. No. Claire talks now. about how easy it is to like you have to be used to people seeing you in dress. Yeah. But then Ken, the photographer, is like, hey Claire, you wanna pose in a topless bathing suit? Right. And they just kind of focus on her. And then she walks out in her shirt. I'm like, oh wait, are we not doing nudity in this movie? Yeah. But I guess she says no. Right. And then she does. Later, because that's a that's like a big character mm-hmm. moment scene, and they have an assistant but, Lori, who's like, I would never get Lori naked never gets for naked. Anyone. She's a never nude, never, yeah, not even if I got married. <laughs> she said, I don't even take my pants off to shit. It gets really messy, and everybody just kind of stares at her awkwardly. I have to go to the laundromat. I have to I go to the laundromat say. every day. <laughs> it's really catching up in my bills. <laughs> <laughs> Claire is the nurse, no. right? No. no! Damn it. Come on. Tim, you're just fucking with this. No, this because point. I wrote it down. Oh, I'm like, oh, now I gotta I gotta think backwards. Here, you know, here's the thing. Take a pen and write down <laughs> Claire equals model. Claire equals model. Oh, Claire equals model. I'm gonna write it Marta nurse. equals nurse. And let's just confuse it further. Lori is secretary who works with Ken, the photographer. And then there's Susanna, who they just talk about for a while. And I guess she owns the right. nudist camp. She just kind of introduces. Right. She's, and she must have had a speech impediment because they always weirdly dubbed. Oh, they're all badly yes. dubbed. Yeah. Did you speaking of Susanna, though, did Marcia. you hear that her last name? Because they taught they they asked for Susanna. And her name is Susanna. Her name is Susanna no. York. I.E. The English actress mm. Susanna York, uh-huh. who got nominated for an Academy yeah. Award for Best Supporting Actress, playing Alice, and they shoot horses, yeah. don't they? Which I don't uh-huh. remember seeing because, of course, I got dragged out of that movie theater when I was four years, four years old because my aunt thought she was taking me to see a Western. Um, yes. And she also played Lara, Superman's mother, i.e. Christopher Reeve as Superman, in Superman, Superman 2, right. and Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. 
So, so how, what year was they shooting horses? 19, that was in 1969. This is 1960. Oh, so, so after I'm this thinking movie. that the director slash writer, Farrakh Leroger, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, when Susanna York passed away on January 15th, 2011, because he was trying, he really must have wanted to work with Susanna York. And then on January 15th, 2011, he said, oh, I guess she doesn't want to do my movies because you know, she was uh, dead. She was dead. Uh, Where did you take up this joke? But uh, right up uh -oh. to the end. Now, this is, see, I'm kind of setting up my revenge movie here. Just This is why I'm pointing these things out. Kind of just kind of like sowing the seeds slowly so you get this. So is George with Laurie pooping in All her right. pants. I can see this coming. I can tell. So well, no, you, knew that, just, you knew that movie that was, was coming uh, from George. That was pure. That was just improv, guys. Pure improv. So uh, um, Marta gets. So the plot, basically, Marta in her job, she leaves some chemicals on and they shower some rats or somebody does. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. But she works with rats. She's she's testing rats for makeup, Max Factor. So many rats, well, yeah. Tormenting all these rats so that women can wear their yep. mascara. And they get some chemicals dropped on them. They go insane. Somebody off camera throws the rats on her as if they're attacking her. <laughs> they are throwing the rats. I was like, I'm, I'm like weird, weird, creepy guy on the bus watching black and white naked film. The, the naked stuff hasn't started yet. Hooting and hollering as this woman gets rats thrown at her. I have another oh, question. question, everybody. This is about Martha falling out the window. Now, you think she? Do you think she <laughs> fell out the window or she climbed out? Because like she, that like that like that one rat was like in her hair, and like if she went out like yeah. front ways, how could she have grabbed onto the ledge? And if she went out back ways. Uh, maybe she could have grabbed onto. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out how she could have. What, what is the scenario where falling out that oh. window, she would have been able to grab onto the ledge? So I'm wondering if she just crawled I, out to get away from. Oh, I know what it was. She crawled out thinking I, there was a ledge on the window, right. and it, there wasn't, and she's just hanging out on the windowsill. That's what happened, I'll bet you. You're still working on your. She makes some bad your prequel. She makes some bad decisions, Martha. Yeah, she. So yeah, rats are thrown at her. She almost falls out of building right. in New because York. Which earlier that morning, because earlier that morning, she dropped a hand mirror and broke it. Seven oh, years of bad luck. You're right. And man, that bad luck. I thought she was going to get hit by a car. I thought that's what was going to happen. But she made it across the street. Man, so much. She made it across. Like so much footage of walking through the streets. I'm like, yeah, you know, she's getting run over. First of all, it takes them forever uh, and then, to get to Camp Sunshine, and it takes them even longer to get to the monster. And the title is The Monster of Camp Sunshine. But like the first half hour are like two girls working in New York. I'm like, come on, let's get on with it already. 57 Smoking cigarettes. Yeah, the bad. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. Have I offended you? I'm making fun of your movie. No. No. I just, I, I just, well, couldn't Tim, get, I couldn't also get the, no uh, I was going to say her bad luck was going to be going on a date with Ted Kennedy. So that uh, historical joke. Too soon, Tim. Too soon. You still too soon. Him. <laughs> too soon. That's not the only bad luck to remember because uh, the cat scratches Claire oh, and she's right. like, we've never been scratched by our cats before. <laughs> she's never I just want to point cat. everybody out because this movie was from 1964. That cat's dead. Do you think? Aww. Do you now, think? That cat's dead. Yep. I just want to. 
Tim gets sad when I mention some of this. So that's what I mentioned. That cat went on to scratch many dead. more people. Do you think? Do you really think? He, do you right really think the cat's dead, George? Oh, yeah, man. its children might be still with us, just like that cat from Beware it's, the Blob. His kids are dead, dead too. Yeah, that cat's dead too. So they're going to go to this news camp, but also the doctor who created this chemical, he's like, oh, this stinks. It's terrible. I better put it in a jar and throw it in the river. <laughs> yeah. Like responsible like you do. doctor. <laughs> like you do in 1964. <laughs> and I can, do, and I can assure oh, you I've gotten God. rid of that. Okay. And now, excuse me, I have another question. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I have the answers. So this jar... <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I think it would, I think, I guess it must have gone up the Hudson, like upstream. Yeah. Wouldn't I? Somehow. Because yeah. I know, like, I knew from, like, you know, growing up downstate that, like, the they were driving along the Taconic Parkway, which is, like, Westchester, mm-hmm. you know, Dutchess County. Right. So this thing, first of all, it got into a bag and made it upstream, yes. like... I don't know, about 70 miles. <laughs> well, there's a story there no, how they got in the bag. I don't think it was – I don't know how it gets in the bag, but I think the guy <laughs> who I call Gilligan – like he looks like Gilligan. He's fishing. Like the guy who's fishing. He might actually still be in New York because he actually drives 70 miles, it says, oh, in man. one of the title cards. They're, they're being that careful oh. with their plot. I, I guess. And he takes it. It falls off a bridge and breaks – and creates the monster. What was that crab in Little Mermaid? What was that crab's name? Sebastian. Sebastian. He Sebastian. was down there. He was collecting things, putting them in bags. That's what happened. Was he a crab? Excuse me, I have another question. Why Sebastian? Was Sebastian a crab or a lobster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we just say crustacean maybe? Because I'm not he sure. He was a crab. Yeah, was he a crab? Oh, okay. <laughs> he, was, he, he, he was definitely a crab. He's dead he's too. Seen. He was good eating. He was good he's eating. The, <laughs> he's cockroach of Oh, the he's sea. definitely dead. Yeah. That movie's like set in like the 1700s. He's dead. <laughs> And know who else is dead? Ariel, the Little Mermaid, no. yeah. Prince Eric. No, yeah, they're all dead. She's not. <laughs> yeah, Prince, yeah, they're dead. Prince Eric's dead. You know who else is dead? <laughs> Larry, Larry, who? Larry from the Three Stooges. He's dead. Yeah. Oh, speaking oh. of Three Stooges, the monster what? is Sham Powered. <laughs> <laughs> and we just ruined something for John. They get to the camp. Oh well, well, they, well. This fisherman, he collects jars. I guess he's just taking it home. He's got a big collection of jars at home. It smells terrible well, we, to share with his wife. This isn't super important, Tim. But you, what? You missed the first time they go up to the camp where everything's cool and they're just naked. Right. Oh yeah, they're just and there's just like them frolicking for like 15 minutes with these guys with giant white asses. Right, and you can see the shadow of the camera playing like some Scott Joplin like ragtime music. Like I was expecting like a paddle boat going up the Mississippi to show up. You know, it's like that's what, like the mu- the music they were playing in the beginning in the apartment. They should have been playing then, but no, it's like yeah. this. What the hell was that music? It just like didn't fit. It didn't fit anything. Well, the men were squares. Yeah, it, They're like, we're not listening no. to these long-haired Beatles and Kinks and all these long-haired hippie types. Who else? Kinks, Beatles, <laughs> so, the Herman's Hermits. We're not listening to them. We're not going to mention Rolling Stones, those, huh? Those damn monkeys. Tim hates Mick Jagger. <laughs> so they go up there, and she becomes a nudist. She agrees to pose nude in the topless bathing suit, blah 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 They decide they're going to go back up because... 
John needs to set up his Something. his sequel here. Oh, John's I got have a question. question. Didn't that scene when she finally yes. did the photo shoot in the topless bathing suit? There were no railings on the top of that building. That oh, seemed, I hated that. That it seems very dangerous, building. and it looked like a real nasty roof, like tar paper. I'm like, oh, I bet you her feet oh. were black too. I mean, that just looked really, I really dangerous. I mean, a good wind. I mean, I guess they picked that roof because it had an excellent view of the Empire State Building. But like one good mm-hmm. wind. And it just would have yep. blown her off the top of that building. I was very concerned. I was too. George wasn't. No, I didn't care. I was looking at her boobs. He doesn't care about people. <laughs> uh, um, so they go back to the nudist yeah. camp, which brings me to something. Yep. Nope. Yep. The thing, Tim. the thing you always dread. I got some some nudist jokes. <sighs> okay. Oh, no, I actually I love this because yeah. they're so bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you're if you're driving if you're driving, I recommend people pull over, pull over to the side of the, the side road. Of the road. <laughs> yeah. So the impulse doesn't Turn your car take off. you to steer into like get a oh, traffic. traffic. Get a, All right. Get let's a, hear him, Tim. Get a tube. Put it in the exhaust pipe. Bring the tube around. Put it in your window. Of your car. <laughs> stuff all the air, air vents so no air can get in. Start the take car. A nap. Just take a short nap. Start the car. Okay. Wow, Tim. Tim. Wow, Tim. All right, what's what? your joke? Let's hear your naked jokes. What? Now, I'm sorry. I'm only, only going to mention him once. Why didn't Hitler want to go to the nudist uh, camp? Because uh, he didn't want to show his sig Heil. I don't know. <laughs> he did. He did not see the point in it. He did not see the point in it. Uh, Tim, Tim, you just <laughs> fucking repurposed a joke thing. Senor Kabumo did a few weeks ago. I don't care. You fucking hack. <laughs> I mean, is that it? I didn't steal it out. Can right? people get back on the road? No. Yeah, Can people get back on the road? Why, why, oh, I guess you, not. Why? Nah. Why wouldn't the photographer go to the nudist camp? You mean the photographer that clearly did go to the nudist camp? Yeah, but there's another movie? one. There's another one named Joe. There's another Joe, one. Joe, he didn't want to be overexposed. Well, you're close. Oh, he knew all his photos would be overexposed. Oh, I thought being Tim, it would have still been, he did not see that coming. <laughs> I should have done that. Good one. Let's re-edit it. Let's redo no, that. let's not. I'm going to, I'm going to take credit. Can people get back into the lane of traffic oh. now, or is there another one? No, one oh, more. One more. Things, uh, bad things oh, come in trees. That is true. How many people, no, how many people uh, from the Osmond family does it take to screw uh-huh. in a light bulb at the nudist camp? Uh, just Zero, one, because the Osmonds wouldn't go to a nudist camp. Well... They did go, but I'm not really sure. Wrong, no, I think many. you're wrong. I'm calling you out on this one. There's no way. I'm not sure how many it takes. There's no he's no There's no way little Jimmy went to a nudist camp. I'm sorry. Well, they're older now. They're older now. This is the older Osmonds going to a nudist camp. How old are we talking? How old's Donnie? They're adults right now. They're all adults. They all got gray hair. What's Donnie look like when he's naked? Tell us. What? Wait, wait. Oh, Actually, Donnie's, close. Donnie's still Osmond. looking pretty good. Must be that yeah, Mormon. Get some work let's, done. Up, let's all stop and look at a picture of Donny Osmond. But let me tell you how many Osmonds it takes to screw in a light bulb. Right, how many? I'm not really sure. How many? Because it doesn't get far beyond all of them shouting at Wayne Osmond to please put his clothes back on. But I'm bummed. Wayne Osmond. Wayne Osmond is no, known I got, as. I, I no, got it. Not, no, I got it. He's not, he's not, not good looking, Osmond. Oh, I'm looking him up right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he's weird looking. I was going to make a. Motorhead joke, but I was, I was afraid Lemmy would like come out of the grave and choke me. Yeah, I made a joke about him being him being ugly. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, when, like, you, when you start trashing American institutions like the Osmonds, I, I, I'm starting to reconsider my participation in the study Vimco to the Revenge podcast. 20th century's second worst villains. I have a question. Yes. Why, why Lemmy and Motorhead? Is there a connection between Motorhead and the Osmonds? No, the, my joke of? was going to be how many members of Lemmy does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many members of Lemmy? But it's the same joke. It's, I mean, <laughs> Motorhead. Same joke. They're all screaming for Lemmy to put his clothes back on. Like, mm, Lemmy might crawl out. Why Lemmy? Of all, of, Have you seen We him? live in a planet with like eight. But yeah, but there's, there's so many ugly people. He's not good looking. We live in eight, there's eight billion people on this planet. Why are you picking a Motorhead? <laughs> He's he's the gardener, which I want to point out. Wearing clothes, if you work, if you are at a nudist colony, everyone is supposed to be naked. But the gardener, for some reason, fully clothed, shaking, staring at naked women, mm-hmm. masturbating himself to sleep every mm-hmm. night. Obviously, mm-hmm. so that's that's uh, that's our gardener. Mm-hmm. I just wanted yep. to paint a picture. He's the half brother of Susanna, who owns the right. camp. Doesn't talk. Um, he seems like there's something wrong with him. Well, and he he drinks this water that the scientist throws in New York right. in a jar, mm-hmm. the disease water. He drinks it and becomes Shampowered from the uh, Three Stooges. Shampowered? Oh, Shampowered, yes. Yeah. He, he has like a mo sort of uh, – like he's got like latex maybe glued to his face. His hair is messy. He's, he's wrapped in chains. He's carrying an axe. And he starts stalking the luscious naked ladies who are frolicking and swimming and playing with sparklers. Let's all pretend he's that Shemp Howard is um, He's very like Lenny. He's like a cross between Shemp Howard and very um, Lenny from Of Mice and Men, I thought. Ah, yeah. you're actually right. Yeah, because he's like, uh, he's a dumb right. dumb. He played him on stage. He did not. <laughs> I'm, uh, I Tim, to... I have no budding you today. i got to stop this. You're right, Tim. He did play him on stage. <laughs> yeah, he did. I do want to point he out did. the doctor. Thank, thanks the great surgeon in the sky that no human was infected with this serum. I, I just remember that that was an interesting line yes can i yeah. say can i share my favorite line in delivery sure so the naked ladies are all having fun and then marta who is the nurse to remind tim because he can't keep it straight mm-hmm. and right. Suzanne, who owns it they go back to the house at one point and discover that hugo who has been chained up since his unfortunate transformation into one of the three stooges has escaped mm-hmm. and we zoom in and this is the like one of the only lines of dialogue that they don't like just talk over of Susanna because she speaks like an idiot and she goes, my brother's a monster. <laughs> my brother's a monster. A monster? It was an accident. Some chemicals in the water. Chemicals in the water? <laughs> and her voice sounds like that. Yeah. And they agree not to tell anybody that her brother who yes. is transformed into a monster mm-hmm. has broken loose. They're like, We'll we keep this, this under our hat. We don't want to ruin it. So our they don't tell us. Yeah, this maniac, this guy who became like a teenage ninja turtle rat or whatever, like is running around with an axe and covered in chains. We're like, we're just not going to tell the, the other naked folk. <laughs> My brother's a monster. <laughs> That's, sample that. I, yeah, I mean, that should be that. This is the promo, just me repeatedly saying, <laughs> My brother's a monster. <laughs> I like to. Yeah, I got to listen to that SETI Bimco. (laughs) If I close my eyes, it's like I'm watching the monster of Camp Sunshine or how I learned to stop worrying and love nature. And Lori, Lori wanders off. She's the one that will never get naked no matter what. And she goes swimming naked. Yep. And the monster watches her. Hey, wait. And we see her. We see her boobs. We see her butt. We don't see her front, though, because, man. They were careful. This movie goes. (laughs) 
this movie is very. They missed a few bits. Part, they missed a few bits, but there's a little bit. If you really peek, if you're if you're a real leering right. pervert on a bus watching this, <laughs> or, the, or the train, or the train. Is he? Or, stuff, that's what I meant. The train. Or yeah, it's definitely a train. class on Amtrak. <laughs> yeah. This is class Amtrak on uh, yeah the uh, was it the uh, the eleven oh seven train out of yeah. Richmond Virginia. Welcome to the yeah. Confederate States of America. Chug 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 <laughs> chug. Um, but we never see we don't ever see a dong, which is pretty funny because there's like that long scene of them all undressing and out of the car the van. and Ken the photographer. Yeah. Oh my god, he carries everything in the world <laughs> and he carries it like in front of his cross yeah. speedily. I'm like, come on, right. guy. Yeah, when Claire, when Claire it's was so like doing the same thing, like she had a magazine up, like she's holding this magazine the whole time, and they're just unpacking the van. I think that was like a big, like. Uh, I think that was a big bag of like, was it charcoal briquettes? I mean, they, that he was pulling right. out. I mean, yes. I don't know. It was, it was, it was silly. It was silly. She was reading her magazine, uh, Zapruder Weekly, all about the assassination oh, of James. Oh, this is Tim. This is the, this is Tim's new obsession, Zapruder film. <laughs> I have a question, huh? actually. Oh, hands up. A question. Um, was it a joke that Claire smoked all the time? Or, like, like, as she's undressing, she's smoking every time. She has a cigarette in her hand in every scene in this movie, pretty much. Or was it just 1964? I think it might have just been 1964. Yeah. Man, this is why the 60s suck. She suspected she might be pregnant. She had to get a few cigarettes in there. And this was pre-Roe v. Wade. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's... That's why there was that scene in the beginning uh, of all know, the babies I, being thrown in the ground. I deliver, I'll just keep yeah. smoking throughout my pregnancy. Yeah. If I deliver an underweight baby, maybe it won't survive. Those were your options. Maybe it'll be a Hugo. Those were your options, yes. yes. I know. Oh, that's true. Should you just yeah. give the baby to Hugo? Oh, man. That would, so the gardener so would be a great revenge sequel. Damn it. Maybe I'll use it. So Hugo, um, he's going to attack the the naked Lori who's swimming, mm-hmm. who's laying naked on the side of the river after swimming. She's like, I'm so tired and naked. He steps in a bear trap, yes. which I'm like, <laughs> wow. And, and, the, and the, the title cards pop up. The monster retreats to lick yes. his wounds. Or Then they're having a party for Claire because they apparently late in the filming decided the reason they came up the second weekend is it was Claire's birthday party. Right. This was not mentioned yeah. before. They're all playing with sparklers. <laughs> naked. Having a good time. Naked. naked well, sparklers. A lot of them had top. A lot of them had bottoms yeah. on at this point. I, I did notice this. And then um, Marta, who is the nurse, Tim. Marta's the nurse. I got it written right here. She goes, running, she goes running into the field. No, no, Tim. Marta's the nurse. <laughs> She was running into a field right in front of them with a sparkler, and suddenly Hugo comes running after the axe. Whacks her. Kind of tackles her. Maybe hits her with an axe. It's very hard to tell. Because she does have a. I didn't get that either. (laughs) Yeah, she has a little blood on her forearm. Yeah, she has fake blood. And then, like, he attacks them. He attacks the other people. Uh, Claire hits him with a pie. Um, yes. Oh, Marta had called the doctor too, saying you need to save him. He's like, I figured out how to cure this disease. It affects the rats. I'll be there in an hour. He calls the army. So and he takes it. Takes he's, he's shooting. Shooting. He says, he looks at his clock. No. Sooner. Less than an hour. Less than an hour. Sooner. And, I'm getting on the Amtrak and, and train. And then that plane takes off <laughs> from whatever regional airport that was. And as we got closer and as I got closer, like I started like – I guess my mindset, like I was getting used to the movie. I was like, he's going to jump out of that airplane, isn't he? 
<laughs> Which actually, I mean, that's kind of impressive that's that expensive. they have the budget. Well, for not this only stuff. does she yeah. call the doctor, Marcia, she also calls what do they call him, the purveyor of violence or something like that. And there was this guy. Yeah, it was the agent of violence. violence. And I swear to God, this guy. Mm-hmm. This was the first movie he was ever in that he didn't have to take his clothes off. Because I think he was like, <laughs> he was bona fide. I, I wonder if he was the writer director. Because he, I think he'd, I think he played the stable boy in Joan Crawford's snuff film. And that's what, what I think. Can you describe this guy? Because I think he had like, were they sunglasses? And he had like, he had like the, mm-hmm. it was almost kind of like the 70s porn star mustache. And like, yeah. He was an offensive yeah. Italian stereotype. Like, and he had like a camouflage ascot yeah. on and he wore like, he was dressed like a flamboyant Italian right, director. Right. He had like a really weird mustache. He's, like a mix between a porn stash and a Gomez Adams. He's basically George um, Patton. He, Tim, Tim has, has a, a question. question. Did you all see, this is what I want to get to. The, the photographer, nudist camp, he's wearing the biggest tidy whities He's pulled them up as far as, as he, almost to his belly That's button. That's why it's an awful tar- tan They line were tidy whities not a swimsuit. I think they were tidy whities Yep. Don't you, John? Tidy whities I guess it was a black and white film. It's hard to tell, but I would guess. <laughs> no, I would guess. T- sure. I, I'll say tidy whities I'm uncertain, but yeah, He's, I would. I, it could go either way. He stole them from the Fatty Arbuckle Museum. <laughs> Much like me in college, it could go either way. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tim has to do his big joke again that's going to land with all those fans what? of 1920 silent comedy. What, Fatty Arbuckle Museum? That's upstate. Yeah, you're fatty. That's at uh, <laughs> Terrytown's on the train stop. Fatty Arbuckle. He, uh, yeah, he was big. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, Fatty Arbuckle was a big silent film comedian. Uh, he was also a large man who um, accidentally crushed a woman to death while having sex with her, and his career was ruined. Yep. Yeah. It's funny, kids. Back then, Nothing brings down the humor podcast. It seems like back then that wouldn't have like even you, mattered. Like all, it did matter the back stuff. then. He's the first scandal. Um, but his underwear was so big. So, One more thing before we leave the underwear. His underwear was so big. How big was the underwear? It was, how big was it, Tim? It was so big that when people saw the skid marks on them, they asked how many children died in the accident. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is pretty good when you think about it. Uh, don't think about <laughs> no, it too much. But, but let's go out, let's <laughs> go out on top, Tim. Let's go out on top. Let's. That was no. That That's was good. That was a good <laughs> one. But let's let's not tempt fate. Let's go. Let's go out on top. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap this up real quick so we could go out in Tim's awesome joke. So the 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 agents of violence have been alerted. Who is the Italian guy? And uh, the agents of mercy have been alerted. Who is the doctor? The doctor's gonna parachute in. The guy with the axe is being hit with pies and chasing them. The guy wearing the tidy whities that Tim is fixated on pulls out a gun yes. from somewhere and just keeps shooting at him while smoking yeah. a cigarette. Yeah. And, and dynamite. Um, and dynamite. then this is when the movie gets really this insane. This is when you wish you had yeah, done mushrooms. Because <laughs> they start bringing in stock footage. So right. we see the Italian guy, one of the soldier, running through the woods. Uh, reminded me strongly of other movies we've seen like this. But then, like, we start getting this clip footage of, like, fucking cavalrys and World War II storming the beaches of Normandy. Soldiers crawling under barbed wire. Just, I mean, it was... was, I think they uh, see Roman chariots at some point. Like, it's just, like, this insane battle. And they're all coming out to fight this monster. Who is, again, just kind of like a brain-damaged... Yeah, yeah, a brain-damaged guy with leprosy. You drank toxic water. 
they shoot him a million times and then yes. the next more and we see footage of like a topless woman from behind just waving her hands and we see <laughs> another lady who got hit with an axe but just has a little blood around like laying there in the woods like all these explosions well, Marta, going Marta on. had some fake blood on her. Yeah. That's, that's Marta. And the next morning <laughs> they're all standing around. The photographer, Lori, his girlfriend maybe, Claire, Marta, Susanna – the doctor, they're all there, our principal characters, yes. and they're standing around this little tiny rock. And the doctor guy picks it up. He goes, this is all that remains monster. of the monster of Camp Sunshine. It's just, it's a yeah. fucking rock. I thought it was his brain, but yes, starts, it does look like a rock. He starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> he puts it on the ground, kicks dirt on it. <laughs> and no. they just pick up their clothes and wander into the woods. The end! Ah, I guess it's revenge time. It is revenge time. Wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. I'll get you. Revenge. 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 One of us will die. One of us will die. I will not let Sunni take my place. I will have my revenge. We do our our wild card question: Who's going to make millions? Did somebody think? Uh, it's a tough one. Nobody thought of anything. I'll go it first. Then. Go first. Yeah. Make millions. Okay, Tim. So our our uh, nurse, mm-hmm. Marta. What's her name, Tim? Marta. Marta. Yes, yes. Good job. So remember, she found the magazines yeah. of uh, nudie magazines in Claire's drawer. Is that right? No, Claire found nope. them in Marta's drawer. Claire finds. Uh, yes. Marta, the nurse, is the is the she's the instigating uh, nudist. Claire. Claire is the one. Okay. So Claire has these nudie magazines and she also has these, uh, Zapruder film magazines. She's all into the Kennedy assassination. And I had to interrupt him. The woman who has the magazines is Marta. Is Marta I know Claire finds them. Yes. No. Cause you're saying Claire again. You're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> lunatic. These names aren't even similar. Marta. Cool. Let me write it down. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Now, at the end of the podcast, he writes it down finally, folks. Marta. Claire is model. Marta is nurse. Claire is brunette. Marta is blonde. Claire. So she goes to work. Yeah. Where? Where does she work? Where does Claire there's a work? New, there's there's uh, Zapruder Film Weekly. She works for Zapruder Film Weekly. They they branch out. They make uh, magazines about the other Kennedys. And then, like, they're lucky enough that Ted Kennedy, like, drives a girl off the bridge and that's her drowned, uh-huh. and, and that branches off into Ted Kennedy magazine with all sorts of photos of his victims. And uh, when uh, who's that filmmaker that made JFK? Oliver Stone. Uh, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Well, he comes calling. He's uh-huh. making his film, and uh-huh. he hires her as a researcher because she knows everything. She's got all these pictures uh, on her walls of uh, Zapruder film blown up, and uh, uh-huh. she becomes his assistant. They win an Oscar. Uh-huh. Did they win an Oscar, John? Uh, let's say they did for the story. <laughs> they win an Oscar. Yeah. She makes millions. Uh, and, that's your story? And sadly. Who is this, Tim? Sadly. Tim, who is this? It's Marta. Is this Claire or is this Claire or Marta? Because I think Marta. it started as Claire and it became Marta again. I think you're an idiot. <laughs> that's my story. That's my quick story. That's all I got. <sighs> Man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, John, you want to go next or should you I? You go next. I, this is a tough one. <laughs> All right. It is, and I'm actually going to play the game of semantics because it's uh, mm. the number one, one. It was most likely to make I'm millions. I'm sorry. I'm an, I'm an, anti, I'm an, I'm an anti-semantic. 
<laughs> I mean, no, that's why you have to keep bleeping out all those bits you say. But um, <laughs> the most likely to make millions, the most likely to make millions of infected people is Dr. Harrison. Mm-hmm. Dr. Harrison, Uh-oh. of course, is Marta, who is the nurse, the blonde woman. She works at this factory where they, it's literally we see his workstation after he thinks he's cured it. It's crawling with rats. Mm-hmm. Like he just has the rats out. Like his desk is like crawling with rats. This motherfucker didn't cure nothing. The infection got into his brain. He went bad. And he, with his millions of rats, lets them loose in a plague in New York City. And the entirety of the greatest city in the Western Hemisphere is subsumed with people becoming one of the Three Stooges, which is actually, you know, there's actually more than Three Stooges because there was Curly Joe, there was Shemp, there was Curly, there was Larry, there was Mo. There might be another. I'm not that big a Stooge uh, fan. Curly. And so the entire populace is transformed into Stooges and it goes across the – millions of Stooges are made by Dr. Harrison. Okay. He discovers pretty late after like about 8 million people are infected because he's upstate running around just wearing a lab coat, letting his little Dr. Harrison flap in the breeze. And then one day they all descend on him and they tear him apart. And the only thing that's left is a little rock. And his cousin comes up and finds this little rock and goes, that's all that's left of Dr. Harrison who made millions. That little rock is his penis. Oh, he made millions. And they kicked him. He made millions of zombies. Yep, civilization's destroyed. Everywhere they go, people are poking each other in the eyes, Ooh. going, Oh, wise guy, and all oh, shit. Like, yeah, we're doing curly shuffles. I thought you were yep. going down the road of he he became big pharma. Ooh. He made this plague, then he yep. then he made nope. the cure. Nope. And he's like, nope. everybody okay. money, money. <laughs> everybody <laughs> dies, everybody becomes zombie. There is no money in the uh there is no money in the stew no. zombie world. No. Just just the people who created COVID just so they could make money off the cure. Okay. No, no Tim. Okay, John. Tim, your far right ideologies are infecting our beautiful podcast. <laughs> I think there was there was Joe Joe something was so the last was, dude because uh, he was on the uh, Curly Shemp and Curly Joe. Curly Joe yeah. was on the Abbott Costello show. Curly Joe Dur- like Dorito Dur- Dorito was his last name. Oh, that's not his Dorita. name. That's not Dorita. <laughs> I know my- there was Curly Joe Curly Frito. Joe to Steve Curly Joe Curly, Curly, Curly Joe Cheeto. <laughs> Curly Joe. Curly Joe Lay's potato chip. That was a weird one. He didn't last that long. Curly Ooh, Joe Pringles. I was just gonna that guy make- was a pervert. <laughs> Curly Joe Cheeto. Okay, well, John, what's yours? Go- okay, this I'm gonna <laughs> go with um actually there were two people who made millions on this in partnership. Nice. It was um Susanna, the brother of the half or the half sister of Hugo, the quote unquote monster, the monster for again, yeah. in, again, in this universe was turned into a baked potato at the end. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Dr. Um, what's his name? Dr. Harrison, who came up with the, uh-huh. the toxin and allegedly the serum or yeah. the, the antidote. And it's kind of sort of like a um, Sweeney Todd demon Barbara Fleet Street. So Susanna puts the baked potato that was once her brother in like this clear acrylic box and opens up a roadside baked potato bar called Camp Sunshine Baked Potatoes. But, and they are the best baked potatoes 
you could eat. However, she's in cahoots with Dr. Harrison, who is putting that toxin uh-huh. in the sour cream that goes into all the baked uh-huh. potatoes. Uh, everybody starts turning into stooges, like George said. But <laughs> here's where, so they're making them. And so, but some are shemps. Some are curlies, some are curly joes, and they all like divide up into like armies and they're all like battling each other. And so not only have they made money off the baked potatoes, but then they're also charging more money to get the antidote serum. So you don't, mm-hmm. you will not always be a stooge. And that's how they made their millions. Wow. You built at any point, does Susanna say, my brother's a potato. My brother's a baked potato. That's her catchphrase, probably. <laughs> That's what it says at the yeah. Camp Sunshine Potato thing. It says, my brother's potato. a baked potato. Would you, would you like a baked potato to be your brother? Come to Camp Sunshine Baked Potatoes, where we treat you like family if your brother is a baked potato. <laughs> I love it. I like how you built on George and George built on mine. It was all there you go. A seamless, a seamless wildcard Guys, we're, question. We're a good team. We're a good team. You know what? And our what? Our stupid stories made more sense in this movie. I we mean, had more I, internal logic and consistency than this movie. I mean, they weren't any stuff. worse. <laughs> Less boobs, though. Tim, lift Less up your boobs, shirt. But we, more, but we had more monster. It's true, yeah. There was definitely more monster at our camp. Yeah. <clears throat> um. All right. Who's going to read their stuff? Who's sto- doing revenge first? Yeah. Uh, you want me to go first? I can go well, first. Uh, my revenge right. movie is The Monster of Camp Sunshine versus Trog. <laughs> <laughs> Susanna York, played by Natalie Dressed takes the remains of her half-brother Hugo, a baked potato, to England and the Anthropological Institute run by Dr. Brockton, Joan Crawford. Dr. Brockton has been trying to unsuccessfully bring the corpse of Trog back to life with no success. Dr. Brockton tells Susanna she can help her. Undeterred, Suzanne ponders how she can bring Hugo back to life. She goes down to the local pub and meets a local girl named Natalie Dressed, played by Susanna York. Now, not only is there a revenge in the movie, but the backstory kind of has a little revenge too, because the writer-director of The Monster of Camp Sunshine, uh, one Farrakh Leroger, which I think is something dirty if you've pulled it up to a mirror, um, Right. He had been trying to <laughs> get Susanna York for ages and ages and ages. So finally what happened was he drugged her. So actually she's drugged through the whole movie. She doesn't deliver any lines. She's just kind of slumped over in the chair. But he got her for the movie. It was the only way he could get her. Um, Natalie yeah. is out cold from drinking too much alcohol. Um, and... Oh. Uh, the remains of Hugo being excited by seeing Natalie gives Suzanne an idea. She takes Natalie back to the Anthropological Institute, chains Natalie to a chair, like with the change she did with Hugo. Dr. Brockman puts Hugo's remains, i.e. a baked potato, on the machine she invented. The combination <laughs> of electrical and sexual stimulations brings Hugo back to life. 
Natalie being kept in a cage for her own safety. And Hugo is frustrated by this. He breaks out of the Institute and goes into the village on a rampage. Dr. Brockton, realizing she must stop the rampage, uses Natalie to bring Trog back to life and sets him free into the village to battle Hugo. Teenage Trog. Trog and Hugo fight, causing more destruction. In one instance, Trog knocks over a pig urine-fueled car and it explodes. Again. Trog... And Hugo continue battling when a turtle-worshipping cult of zombies in the guise of a motorcycle gang oh. called the Living Dead join in on the battle. <laughs> Finally, the Aqua sub-team comes in. There are film clips of the landing of Normandy, the London Blitz, and the liberation of Auschwitz to, Auschwitz to simulate the battle. However, Frenick Leranger does not I repeat, does not use any images or references to Hitler because even mentioning Hitler would just be wrong. (laughs) Did you hear that, Tim? Even mentioning Hitler would be wrong. Take a lesson out of the page of the the legendary radio director, Frenick Leranger. After Hugo Trog and the living dead are vanquished, the women are led into the woods to a... Nudist Colony by Cliff, played by blonde, muscular, and homoerotic English icon, Judge John Hamill. You see them taking off their clothes as they're walking in to the woods. Um, However, a production assistant does get into the shot because Joan Crawford takes off her clothes. And who really wants to look at naked Joan Crawford, 70-something ass? And so the production assistant puts her robe back on her and she flings it off and she throws the robe back on and Joan and then fade out the end. The end. I I want to see Joan Crawford naked. Okay. I do kind of morbid curiosity. George, we're done here tonight. Google it. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some deep fakes out yeah, there with that fakes. AI. Oh, yeah, they just put her head on the body of John. I want to commend you on that. Was like a Tim Hamiltonian level of pre-prepared <laughs> Thank text. You. I didn't know that. Like that. Yeah, that was like you had. You were throwing sheets of paper behind you as you finished reading. That's them. right. That was, uh, that's right. I was like, impressive. I was like, I was like somebody like on the Jack Benny radio show. You know, I was like, you know, Mel Blanc or I don't know. But yeah, no. The man of a thousand voices. I guess I'll go next. Go ahead, Tim. All right. Monster Camp Sunshine, Part 2, The Revenge. I don't know what the title title is besides that. So what we saw, what we thought was Hugo's brain, maybe, or a rock or a baked potato, it was actually Mm -hmm. the compressed bones of a badger he ate while running wild in the woods. That he (laughs) vomited up like some... uh, Like a little pellet. Nice. He did this to throw off his enemies, and he ran away into the woods and made his escape. And Hugo wanted revenge against the army for attacking him so viciously. Hmm. He became a newsman who went to Vietnam in 1965, and he filmed the Marines burning those thatched, burning those thatched roofs in Vietnam. And got the film on the Good news Lord. to his great joy, but he got fired for chasing women with an axe. So then... He goes to Woodstock so he can join the counterculture to learn how to help the anti-military protests and attack the National Guard. But he ends up taking the brown acid and only remembers chasing Janis Joplin with an axe. Man. <laughs> man. It was, it was a real oh, groovy. It was a real downer, man. 
Then he decides to go to Altamont so he could buy some LSD oh, and wow. slip it into the Army's oh, water supply in California. But wow, he's the Hell's down. Angels gave him an award for chasing women around with an axe, and they got him blackout drunk. It was a heavy scene, nice. man. Yep. So because of this, that lingo really suits you, man. It, does. Does, it man. just completely just does. completes the picture. <laughs> yeah, man. Because of his habit of chasing ladies with an axe, he was then inducted yeah. into the army and sent to Vietnam. While there, wow. though, the radio DJ was killed, wow. and he was close by, and he had to quickly take over the radio DJ's d- duties. Once on the radio, Here's he would loudly duty. grunt, "Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Vietnam, ladies, I chase you with axe." And he would only play oh, Doors albums. <laughs> And he drove everybody insane until the city of Saigon fell and the war ended. That's why the city of Saigon (laughs) fell. Hugo made it back home and felt more at peace as he hitchhiked Um, the back, the backwoods of the north. We're only in like 1973. This is going to go on for like two more hours. He felt at peace at home. He hitchhiked back, (laughs) hitchhiked the backwoods of the northwest. He collected rocks along the way, and he kept them as pets. He thought, what an interesting idea. Oh, he could sell rock. pet rocks as, as a <laughs> money-making, money-making idea. But he was stopped by the police for loitering and taken in and beaten up and sprayed by a hose. And worst of all, he saw on the desk of one of the police officers a Christmas present that that officer had received, something called a pet rock. He lost his mind because he saw his idea had already been used killed many officers and blew up the police station and escaped into the countryside. We don't know what ultimately happened to him. But people still catch a glimpse of him today thinking he could be what, George? Sasquatch. 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 (laughs) The end. Where's the revenge? Where's the revenge? He got revenge on the army. (laughs) Did he? (laughs) Well, he tried. He tried and failed. He tried and failed. Are you, are you nitpicking my my plot? He tried to get revenge. I, I lost the thread. I'll be honest there. Like, I, I was so terrified <laughs> that we would continue in these, like, weird fucking Forrest Gump-like <laughs> intrusions into, like, history up until the modern day. I'm like, we will never no, end. I was going to take – oh, the, the title is The Monster of Camp Sunshine, The Revenge, or Good Morning, Vietnam Ladies, I Kill You With Axe. There you go. <laughs> or, <laughs> oh god alright that uh, I've lost my will like to do anything after that we're going to collect all these and all publish right. a book yeah it's <clears> going <throat> to be it's going to be real good people are going to be like this book has the most mentions of the word Hitler I've ever seen just the story <laughs> and I read Mein Kampf just the stories um, and I did a masters in <laughs> World War II history <laughs> it's insane all right, so I don't know what my title is yet. I'm a, I'll be honest, guys. Like I mentioned up front, I only finished watching the end of this movie about so three minutes where he did this. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm totally spitballing here. But I do know. Raise your, raise your hand if you want help. If you blink want twi- blink twice help. if you've paid yourself into a corner. Right. Want help? Nah, nah. So here's what it's going to be. There's a character I mentioned him very briefly, but I don't know if this will be in a part that makes it on the air. So after the doctor, Dr. Harrison, throws his stooge-making potion into the city of New York, there's an extend – the water surrounding the city of New York, I should say. There's an extended, quote-unquote, humorous site sequence of a character who I call Gilligan with a pipe who is fishing somewhere on the shore. And this guy, in very slow, painful detail, pulls out a hot water bottle and or a whoopee cushion – 
and he looks at it and there's whimsical music playing and he takes it and he puts it in a bucket and then he throws out his thing again and he pulls out what seems to be an inner tube for a bicycle. He looks at it, he keeps it, puts it in a bucket, pulls out various rub- rubber pieces of trash, nothing you know, unsavory, like no condoms or anything, just weird fucking rubber garbage. Then he pulls out a shopping bag. Inside the bag is a is the bottle of like whatever this horrible disease stuff is. He unscrews it, sniffs it, puts it in his jar, and decides that was a good day's catch. <laughs> and he goes and he travels 70 miles, as we're told by a caption, upstate. Entire time tootling along these little country roads of upstate New York. His catch of the day just kind of barely sitting on the edge of this car. He pulls to another bridge somewhere in upstate New York, just some fucking little over a creek. Takes all his treasures out, puts them there, puts his little bit of his little rubber hose, his little rubber inner tube, his little jar of horrible causing disease. He has plans for this stuff. Big plans. But unfortunately for him, while he's refitting his uh, fishing pole, he knocks it off into the water, it breaks, it creates our monster. Mm Now, the revenge portion is fucking Gilligan with a pipe. He was really looking forward to chugging that water. <laughs> and he's just like, you mean the chemicals? He turns around. We don't see it. The chemicals. He doesn't know it's chemicals. He's just, he's very funny. He's kind of like Marcel Marcel. He's like a mime. Right. He does this whimsical shit. There's no talking. He turns around. He sees it's happened. And he just kind of, for the first few moments, he just hangs his head low. He's just distraught. He sees the broken glass. He knows whatever that noxious smelling chemicals were, they're gone, spread downstream. And he decides, since he can't have these chemicals, someone's going to pay. Yeah. 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 So, Sebastian the Crab, is that why that yeah. musical thing got out of the water? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on yeah. the I'm on the, I'm yeah, on the know, my so seat, man. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. This is like, and he takes, he takes his fucking fishing pole. He pulls his lures. He takes all those barbed hooks. He attaches them to his fucking fingers. Because because because, that night, because one time at band camp. No, no, different movie, different movie. Uh, <laughs> oh. no, but then, you're closer than you think. Because one then that night, he enters the dreams of the people in that town. Oh jeez. And he uses his clawed fingers to kill their children. Because wow. this is who has to make him pay. He doesn't know who got that water, why that water, what sort of cruel god did that. The chemicals made that water, the chemically water go away. Now, if he had been somebody who was able to converse with humans, he might have heard like, hey, that naked lady place up the road. Uh, Hugo, the weird guy, went nuts and chased around with an axe. And then all the militaries of time and space descended upon there and turned him into a baked potato. He didn't know that. Instead, he haunted the dreams of these people living that street, by the way, can you was guess it, the name of that was street? It Oak Street. Ithaca. Was it, it Maple Street? It was Pleasant Street. No, oh, I know Z- Zapruder no. Street. Zapruder Street. Yes, it was Zapruder Street. No, it's Elm oh, Street. That was the next guess. And this movie, <laughs> this movie, this revenge story. Do you know what it was called? Uh, Nightmare on Zapruder Street. Nah, it's called Masters of the Universe. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't he yeah, get right burned to the end? Right, right up to the end. <laughs> You're nitpicking my uh, plot. Call, this guy needs it, to be burned to death. Let's call it Jaws. Oh, he gets burned all the time. No, I mean, he, gets, he needs he to get burned to death he did, no, before he, we, entering the I should have said that. 
dude drinks noxious smelling chemicals. He fishes out of the harbor of New York City. You think this guy isn't a lump of scar tissue from all well, the shit he right. suggested? He didn't get to drink it. That's right. All right. He didn't get it that time, oh, Tim, but his day's catch was like a bunch of rubber that he was just oh. laying out in the sun because he was going to eat that rubber. Good show. Good show. Yeah. Did John pick a movie? Because I have picked a movie. Excuse me, a film. Yes. Ooh, what's the movie? It's on Tubi. Now, it's gone under a couple title changes, but the original title is Leslie, as in Van Houten, My Name is Evil. Leslie, My Name is Evil. Because you figure, who are the pillars of the first season of Seti Bimko? Um, Emmy and Tony Award winner, B. Arthur. Academy Award winner, Louise Fletcher. And yeah. mass murderer uh, Leslie Van Houten. The three pillars are of they all in this film. Is this and this is a movie about a young man who serves on the Manson jury who falls in love with Leslie Van Houten. It's a Canadian movie. Really? Oh. Wow. Is this a true story? I'm it's excited. A true story, Tim. True. <laughs> that is that the man young man is, and you, no, the young man is not I. No, his name is um, – damn, damn it. Yes, damn his name. Yeah, that's good. Good joke. Good joke, Tim. Yes, and – Waters. You're Waters. right. He's, Waters. He's Roger Waters. With her. Pink Floyd. No, Max Waters. Roger Waters. No. Wasn't Van Houten was in Pink Floyd? What? You know, Pink Flamingo's Waters. Oh, okay. Damn it. John, 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 John Waters. Waters. Yeah, no, I, I'm just – He's, he's I'm just drinking with her. Shane. I know. I know you know his name. That's funny because you said jerking the chain, which is a reference to old-fashioned toilets, and John also means toilet. Yes, I'm, a, yes, I'm aware John of Waters. that. So yes, his, his name is toilet. That. I'm aware that John yes, – Your name's John, yes, too. I'm aware that oh, John shit. is also John. a term for a toilet, yes. Mm. I've been aware – And I have been aware of that since I was five years old, George, but thank you for opening – Thank you for opening old wounds. John, why are you crying? My brother is a baked potato. That's why I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast. We can't, we can't let's go on that note. No. Well, if you want to email us, Seti Bimco with an E at gmail.com. We are on Instagram. Uh, Seti underscore Bimco on Instagram and Reddit and uh, Good Pods. Listen to Good Pods because I've met some people there. The people in Australia who do milk. I don't care. I'll mention yeah. them. I listen to their yeah. podcast. It must be them who's listening to us. <laughs> if, only we, if only we get on Truth Social. Oh. Check our Instagram. I'm going to post some pictures of that guy in his underwear. And uh, that's it for this week. And the guy not in his underwear, too, so you can see his giant white butt. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not coming. Yeah. Me. Yeah, giant white butts. So, uh, give us five stars Enormous. in all the places you listen to us because we are everywhere. Yes. Yes. Is that everywhere. it? Do you have a joke like to get us out of here on? Oh, you got a nudist joke, no. Tim? You got a lot to edit this week, or this is going to be an hour and a half. I don't, I don't think you heard me. I said in the late 1800s, also, a term for jerking the chain to flush the toilet was gay Hitler. That's what that was. That's, that's what you said. You're going to go on that. Wait, Tim, you, wait, Tim do you feel good about that joke? Do you feel good? Just look at right. like, I don't believe let's you. Get at, let's, let's, get, look it up, let's get out of here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, this is... T- this is taking a very tragic left turn all of a sudden. I, yeah. I think we should have ended. I think we should have ended with, my brother is a baked potato there. Mm-hmm.
This has been a Pity Party Lion production. Party line. It's a party line. Nope. Don't don't forget to don't forget to gang it where the toilet. <laughs>